drops the ball. Pigs have flown. Hell is frozen over. The Saints are on their way to the Super Bowl. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into a fresh week here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On to get $10 off of your first box. Hope that y'all enjoyed the new intro to the show. Thought we'd try something a little new as the show continues to grow here. Uh, Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com and your host covering your New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday. On today's episode, we're talking the trenches, starting off with some comments from Saints defensive line coach Ryan Nielsen. Then we're continuing our 90-man roster preview with the offensive line. We'll go tackles in segment two before closing out the show with the interior O-line. What is the big difference between this year's core Saints protectors and last year? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. Saints defensive line coach Ryan Nielsen met with New Orleans media near the end of last week to talk through some injuries as well as his defensive front. That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. So let's start off with some injury updates here. Ryan Nielsen was asked about Sheldon Rankin's injury, who was injured in week 14 of last year against the San Francisco 49ers. So that's a little bit of an update on his injury. And Ryan Nielsen had some pretty positive things to say. The, the thing with Sheldon is he's had it before, so he's kind of known what to expect a little bit. So he's got a little bit of advantage uh, with the with the, his injury. Um, but again, talking to him, man, he's he's working hard. He feels great. Um, I talked to him the other day. He feels he, he feels really good mentally. He's in a really good place. So some good news there about Sheldon Rankins, but unfortunately for the Saints, he wasn't the only defensive lineman hurt during that week 14 game. Marcus Davenport, defensive end, second year guy last year, was hurt during that game as well. Then Ryan Nielsen updated his injury a little bit, saying mostly positive things, but more importantly, I think also talks a little bit about where he can expect Marcus Davenport to take some steps forward in 2020. There's a couple of things, um, but it's nothing that he can't uh, do or obtain um, you know, it's very, it, look, there's, there's certain things that we just got to maybe drill a little bit. I got to help them more an individual. We got to, we got to work on a couple more things. Um, but I do feel that he is as eager as, as possible to get back and get going. And that's exciting to me, man. He really wants to get better at these things that we got to get better at. So a little general there in regards to how uh, Marcus Davenport could develop in his third year, but he did get a little bit more detailed, Ryan Nielsen did, when he was asked about another defensive lineman in Shy Tuttle, who of course stole the scene last year when he stiff-armed Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan into oblivion, and Ryan Nielsen was asked a little bit about Shy Tuttle and what he expects to see out of him in his second year. I, just, I would like to see him, him take the next step in his game be a little bit more aware, uh, be a little bit quicker to uh, see blocks, see angles of departure, uh, be just a one step faster than he was last year, year two, you know, just the, the maturity, maturing of a, of a player. Um, and, and just, and that's in all aspects that's in the run and, and as a pass rusher. Um, and I think you'll see that. I think, you know, he's, he got some confidence now, you know, what he did towards the end of the year and he got better. It seemed like he got better every single week. And if we can just take where he was at the end and just work on that, just one tick better, um, I think uh, I think he'll have another another solid season for us. 
And finally, it's not just about the returning guys. There's also a very intriguing newcomer in former Texas defensive end and defensive tackle, actually. He played all along that defensive line, Malcolm Roach. Here's what Ryan Nielsen had to say when he was asked about Malcolm Roach. And listen to the way that Ryan Nielsen specifically talks about where Roach showed a lot of potential. Remember, this is a team now that in the last two years has brought in an undrafted free agent on the defensive line, at least one per year. Two years ago, Taylor Stallworth. Last year, Carl Granderson and Shai Tuttle. Can Malcolm Roach be the next guy? Listen to what Ryan Nielsen had to say about him and the way that he talks about him. I think that he is extremely explosive. I think he's a smart player. Um, I really like that about him. I think he's, you know, his intelligence, he, he sees things when you watch his games at Texas. Um, and, and I think he's, a, he's an equally good pass rusher as a, as a run defender. And, and that's, you know, his, his game is not skewed one way or another. So when we can get a player like that, um, and look, he's close to home now. Like that's a, he's going to have a lot of motivation to make this football team. So that's another thing that's, man, that's pretty cool. So if you weren't already excited about Malcolm Roach, the undrafted free agent defensive tackle out of Texas, maybe it's about time to do so because clearly uh, Ryan Nielsen is very excited about him. And we should all be excited about this defensive line that racked up 51 sacks last year, looking like they have a lot of talent, both proven and unproven, but still a lot of talent along this defensive line. And uh, looks like they should be able to produce going into the 2020 season as well. All right, y'all, we'll be revisiting that defensive line as we continue on through our 90-man roster preview but first we got to get through the rest of the offense we're going to be wrapping up the offense today with the offensive tackles up next then we'll get to the interior offensive line talking about what it is that makes this year's offensive line group for the saints uh put some in a bit of a better position than they have been over recent years but before we get to any of that i want to tell you that the locked on podcast network stands against racism and social injustice that's why we the hosts are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change and in the month of june locked on is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional ten thousand dollars to make your own donation along with us please visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash black lives matter and along with that donation now you can head over to builtbar.com and help to continue to make a change today's episode is brought to you by built bar they started with about eight million bars in their closeout sale. Now they're up to exactly 50% off of everything that they have on the website. You can get a box of 18 built bars for just over 18 bucks. Fantastic deals going on over there. And the sale, along with getting 50% off of everything, 100% of those proceeds are going to go to more organizations that are helping to fight for an end to poverty and into racism and into hate and help fight for children and education. So fantastic stuff they're doing over there. Best tasting protein bars on the market and help make a difference as well. Go ahead and check them out over at builtbar.com. You can go ahead and get all of your favorite flavors, the mint brownie delight, the peanut butter brownie, whatever it is that you love and help to make a huge difference in this world. Again, 50% off of everything and 100% of those proceeds being donated to some fantastic organizations. Check them out, builtbar.com. All right, Huda Nation, continuing on with our 90-man roster preview. We're on to offensive linemen. We'll start with the offensive tackles, then we'll jump over to offensive guards and centers here in the final segment. But let's go ahead and and focus on these outside guys here as they continue to be uh, one of the more important parts when it comes to your offensive line, of course. And the Saints have one of the best bookends, the best tandems in the NFL when it comes to the tackle position. Teron Armstead, 
Ryan Ramchek. They're your starters going into 2020. There's absolutely no way to challenge that uh, or to really doubt that. Those are your guys that you're going into the 2020 season with. And then uh, outside of them, you've got a, a lot of depth here. And we'll talk a little bit more specifically about the depth because this is really what makes this year's defense, I'm sorry, offensive line more uh, prepared, I guess you can say, more ready, more prepared. The depth is a lot better this year than it has been over years past. And and we'll talk more specifically why as we roll along. But if you look at the guys whose names are going to fall behind Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek, you see Darren Paolo, who is the uh, Utah undrafted free agent, six foot five, three fifteen. He's coming in as a rookie, you look at James Hurst, who was signed to uh, a vet minimum deal. He came from uh, Baltimore, went to college at North Carolina, six foot five, three ten. Has played all along the offensive line his entire career. We're going to talk about him in detail here in a moment. Uh, Derek Kelly, who played for Florida State, he came in as an undrafted free agent a couple years ago, uh, six foot five, three twenty, or actually last year, six foot five, three twenty. Uh, he was on the practice squad most of last year, and uh, I think that's very possible that you'll see that again. Ethan Greenidge, who was on this roster the entire season. He made the 53-man roster, and then he was on the roster the entire season for the Saints, but unfortunately just was never active and never really got out on the field. But they really liked him during camp and obviously liked him enough to get him started on the 53-man roster to start the year, six foot four, three thirty-five. So a little bit undersized in terms of height, but in terms of what you would like from your tackles. But still, obviously, some talent there out of Villanova. And then uh, Patrick Omame, somebody to look at a little bit guard tackle swing-ish. More than that, more than anything else, you saw him kind of be that sixth offensive lineman a lot in 2019, especially when Will Clapp was in for various interior offensive linemen. He is uh, six foot four, three twenty-seven. He went to Michigan, but he's you know been in the league for eight years now, or this is, is his eighth year. And then uh, the other undrafted free agent worth listing in this group, Adrian McGee, the offensive lineman out of LSU, six foot four, three forty three, a little bit more of a build for an offensive guard than anything else, but has played some tackle. He started at left tackle for a good portion of the 2019 season uh, along that uh, LSU offensive line. So let's break these guys down. Again, Tron Armstead, Ryan Ramchick, those are your starters. There's no doubt about that. I'm going to save Calvin Throckmorton for the next bit because that's probably where he's really going to fit in. It's going to be more of a guard. Same thing for Adrian McGee. Uh, but Ethan Greenidge, uh, Patrick Omame, James Hurst, Derek Kelly, these are guys that are very much in the running for uh, some key depth positions when it comes to that offensive line. And I think your front runner in terms of the guy that can make this roster day one, week one, is going to be Patrick Omame. He was fantastic, but not fantastic, excuse me, but he was more than serviceable for the Saints. He wasn't a complete you know, detriment to the team or anything like that when they got him involved throughout the 2019 season. You saw him get involved in the 2018 season as well. He's more familiar with this system. He knows what's going on. To me, he feels like a guy that you have to consider sort of a front runner to make the week one roster. You could effectively throw Ethan Greenidge in there as well, considering it happened for him in 2019. It can happen again here in 2020. Uh, but the guy that really stands out most to me is going to be James Hurst, the offensive lineman that the Saints recently signed from Baltimore. He's somebody, as I mentioned, that's played all along the offensive line, but has played a good portion of his career, particularly recently at that left tackle position. He can be an immediate backup 
to Teron Armstead. The issue is that he's suspended for the first four games of the NFL season. So with that being the case, you could see him possibly not make the roster and instead maybe a guy like Ethan Greenidge and Patrick Omame both do. And then the Saints make a decision based upon what they've seen so far and what they know that they can have in James Hurst and then maybe cut one of those guys to activate James Hurst at the fifth week. So there's a lot of decisions that they'll have to make in order to get him in here. But the thing I think that helps to set this offensive line apart, particularly from the depth standpoint, this thing that I've been talking about all about is the fact that the Saints have players that can specifically back up individual positions where they need the help. They are not going to be able to go into 2020 and continue to do what they've been doing for seasons beyond and having to shift three players whenever they need to replace one. When Teron Armstead gets hurt, you have to get rid of him and then you have to bounce, uh, you know, Andrus Pete to tackle and then plug somebody in at left guard. You don't have to do that anymore. Teron Armstead gets hurt. You've got you know, Patrick Omame, you've got an Ethan Greenidge potentially or more. And, and I think, uh, you know, the best help they're going to be able to get here. You'll have James Hurst that can just plug right in there without you having to shuffle everybody else around. Andrus Pete ends up moving outside to tackle so much because of Teron Armstead getting injured that Andrus Pete is actually listed as a tackle on the Saints official roster on their website. He's not listed as a guard. That's how often this happens. And the Saints in 2020 now have the ability because of some of the depth that they've been able to find and the veteran presences that they've been able to find during this offseason, such as James Hurst and some of the other guys we'll talk about on the interior. It allows them to be a one for one replacement team along that offensive line, which is going to help them with communication, continuity and familiarity should there be any injuries that they have to worry about along that O-line in 2020. So that does it for the outside protectors. Again, some key stuff here to pay attention to uh, in terms of the Saints actually having one-for-one replacements. And we have a ton of people to talk about coming up in our next segment here as we go through the interior offensive line. And before we get to that, I can't sit here and talk to you about building this offensive line without talking to you about Rock Auto. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They've been in business for 20 years, family business, taking care of families like yours in times of need or just simply in times where you're looking to continue onto your hobby and uh, you know building and restoring cars, things like that. This is something that I'm starting to get into. I live in an apartment, so I can only do so much, but Rock Auto certainly makes it very easy because I can get any of the parts that I want, big or small, at rockauto.com. And, you know, y'all know the tailgate story. They've been incredibly helpful there. Got a couple of other things that I need to pick up before I can move along. But you see, I'm learning so much and I've got this fantastic new hobby that I'm starting to pick up. Thanks to rockauto.com. So I want to take a moment to shout them out. Make sure you check them out over at rockauto.com. Go ahead and grab anything that you need for your car. You can select by make, model. You can select by the price that you want to pay. They've got everything that you need and you're going to pay the same amount as the professional guys as well. doesn't matter if you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer. They've got you covered. And don't forget when you get to the checkout, write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that you'll need for your vehicle at rockauto.com. All right, family, wrapping up today's episode with a look at the interior offensive line. This is another example of how the Saints have made a great focus this offseason in making sure that you have guys that specialize where you need them. And of course, there's always going to be the big conversation ahead of the season. And one of the big camp battles or big camp things that's going to be going on is going to be who plays centers. It's Cesar Ruiz. 
Is it Eric McCoy? Whichever one doesn't play center, you imagine is going to play right guard. Andrew Speed is your left guard. He's your starter. He's on a big, shiny new contract. So there's no doubt about that. But here's my argument for Cesar Ruiz. You look at what he did in Michigan. We know that he's incredibly smart. We know that he's able to diagnose defense as well. He made all of the run and pass calls while at Michigan, apparently nailed 99% of them, according to his coaches. But even when a guy like Nick Underhill, who is going to be able to go in with a more objective eye as opposed to, you know, a guy that wants his guy to get drafted like a coach, right? You look at what Nick Underhill was able to figure out about uh, about Cesar Ruiz, and you see that he's very competent at that center position, highly intelligent, and very effective. Only nine pressures while he was at Michigan last year, no sacks. I mean, this is a really, really fantastic player that the Saints were able to get at 24 overall in the first round. I 100% at this point expect him to play center, while Eric McCoy, Eric McCoy, excuse me, bounces out to right guard, which is going to give you a ton of athleticism. Remember, Eric McCoy was the fastest 300 plus pound guy in his draft class last year, ran a 489, if I remember correctly, a high 48. But that's incredible for a guy that's over three bills, right? Like that's just nuts. So you get him in there and you allow him to be able to be the mobile guy that Larry Warford was not. And all of a sudden you have a very athletic offensive line here, one of the fastest in the NFL. So how do you keep up with that? Right When you have those starters that are these athletic big guys and you've got a guy like Calvin Throckmorton who, yes, is versatile and can play all along the line of scrimmage, but he's slow. He ain't very athletic. He's in like the the fives, mid fives, low fives. And so that's not fantastic, but still his – uh, his versatility is something that's really going to work in his favor. Now, again, he doesn't really speak to what we were talking about in the earlier segment about the specificity of the depth, but he's somebody that you can still have that can play all along the interior offensive line. But you've also got Will Clapp. You've also got Cameron Tom. You've also got uh, Nick Easton who can do all of that as well. You've got Darren Paolo who spent a lot of time playing both tackle and guard when he was at college at Utah and is a very athletic protector himself. So there's a lot of options for the Saints along the interior, whether it be just left guard, right guard, and center. And if in a pinch you need to bounce somebody out to tackle, which again, the Saints roster is built right now and has the potential to be built in such a way that they can avoid having to shift positions around. But should you need that, you have a lot of possibilities within the interior. You've got Adrian McGee who played left tackle and left guard during his time at LSU and played both pretty well. You've got Jordan Steckler who can play you know, a little bit versatile as well. He's coming in as an undrafted free agent. So there's a lot of options for this Saints offense. But when you look at what it is that they're going to need along the offensive line in terms of their interior guys, you're going to want somebody that can be a backup to Andrus Pete most immediately. Hello, Nick Easton. How are you? You're going to want a guy that can be a backup to Cesar Ruiz or potentially uh, Eric McCoy. And the thing about that is that that means you want somebody that can play center or guard because we don't know which one plays where just yet. So hello, Will Clapp. How are you? You have these guys that have already been doing this. And Will Clapp has already been the go-to sixth man when he wasn't playing in place of, let's say, um, you know, last year during the Titans game, he ended up playing in place of uh, uh, of Larry Warford and helped bust that big 40-yard touchdown run by Alvin Kamara. And when that happened, they were able to use Patrick Omame as the sixth offensive lineman in the times where they went in those jumbo 12 sets, so those six 12 sets where they have the six offensive linemen, two tight ends, and a receiver. And then they were still throwing touchdowns in that position and then that personnel group. So it's pretty great stuff what they have in terms of how they're able to uh, maximize the value of these guys, their athleticism, and uh, figure out the best ways to use them at any given time. So, man, look, don't let me be too confident here if it's if it's really unwarranted, but there's some really, really good stuff here for the Saints 
when it comes to their offensive line and what they're going to be able to achieve because they've built something pretty special in terms of what they have here. Uh, again, I believe Cesar Ruiz is your center. Eric McCoy is your right guard. Andrews Peters is your left guard. Will Clapp to me feels like a seal. Uh, Nick Easton for me feels like a seal. And then maybe you're going to be able to get another guy in the interior booked in here as well. Like Cameron Tom, if he can stay healthy, they love him. Uh, Calvin Throckmorton. And then you've got guys like Adrian McGee, McGee Jordan Steckler, Darren Paolo, uh, some of these other guys from the, you know, from the tackle position as well, like Derek Kelly, who could end up going to the practice squad and being immediate guys should you need them at any point throughout the season. So the Saints are really built for success here along the offensive line. Their starting five is going to be fantastic regardless of how the right guard center positions players work out. Uh, this is still going to be a very, very effective offensive line going into uh, going into 2020. And they're going to be effective not only in the passing game and protecting Drew Brees, but getting that initial push to make sure that every run gains, you know, two yards because the line of scrimmage has been reset two yards down the field or the zone run scheme that they love to run with Alvin Kamara is going to be very effective because you're going to have smart, cerebral and athletic offensive linemen. So I'm very excited. I'm sure you can tell. I'm very excited about the offensive line here in 2020 for the New Orleans Saints. So, all right, y'all, that's going to do it for today's episode. Now that you're done here, make sure you tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NFL. Get your fill about everything else that's going on around the league. Brian Peacock, Matt Williams, and they're going to take care of you. So go ahead and check them out, Locked On NFL podcast over there. I thank y'all very much, as always, for being here, for making me a part of your day. Make sure you come back tomorrow, Twitter Tuesday, as we roll on throughout the week. I'm going to try to get some guests this week as well. I got some folks that I want to try to come through, but you know how it goes. Every time I tease something, they're not able to come through. So I'm not teasing nothing. I'm just letting you know, trying to get somebody special uh, to come through here on the show. Uh, on Thursday, we'll do another throwback. Thursday, Friday, we have our Facebook Friday. So a lot to talk about here. And of course, we'll have some more of the, uh, the, the coach interviews and things like that to go over as well. So lots going on here as we get closer and closer to training camp and the return of New Orleans Saints football. Thank you very much, as always, y'all, for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show and if you haven't already please take a moment to subscribe drop that five star rating and review i thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family this has been locked on saints and trust through that nation i'll holla at you